0: another edition of the unicorns podcast this is a podcast series featuring business leaders motivators innovators and general go-getters sable rubber technologies is a pioneer in the rubber recycling industry sable is at the forefront of transforming rubber into a sustainable and circular resource with over two decades of dedicated research and process refinement, Sable Rubber has established itself as a technology-driven company committed to accelerating the transformation of the global rubber supply chain towards sustainability. Known for its innovation in producing pure rubber free from heavy metals, the company's processes significantly reduce the the dependency on virgin rubber. Sable's approach not only addresses the critical challenges in tyre waste management by eliminating heavy metal contaminants and harmful chemicals, but it also broadens its application across industries, such as road construction, agriculture, and mining. Reuben Hansen is the CEO of Sable Rubber Technology, and he joins me now. G'day, Ruben. Welcome to the program. G'day, Justin. How are you going? I'm terrific. I'm keen to know more about what Sable is doing, so let's get into it. What is the core principle, perhaps, behind Sable's patented technology, and how does Sable stand apart in the rubber recycling industry? Justin, it's great question, really,
1: because widely used across the globe, is a process called pyrolysis. Um, What we do compared to pyrolysis is, I guess, the equivalent nowadays of comparing a VHS tape to digital streaming. We've got a patented process which has had 20 years of development and we offer a game-changing solution. So unlike traditional methods where they burn the rubber at high temperatures around 800, 1200 degrees, they produce a lot of ash content. We use a different process that burns at a lower temperature and yields a quarter of the ash to what proposed white paper on recycled carbon black does. So we've used technology and technology's caught up up to the original concept that was developed. And we can now produce RCB from truck tires to replace carbon black usage. And then we move on to more advanced products.
0: And so what was the inspiration behind uh, this business, Ruben? Originally, it was developed to solve a global problem. Like we're all aware that when you
1: go and get your car tyres changed, you pay your twenty eight dollars, but then what happens? They're chipped. They're used for fuel in developing nations where they burn them to create electricity, or they're dumped. You know, in fact, last year the Tyre Stewards Australia recorded, I believe it was around about a twenty percent increase in dumped tyres in Australia. So that's typically what happens globally: is everyone buries their tyres. So then some people came up with different usages for them. And this is a further development of that usage is, how do we solve a global problem? How do we make it sustainable?
0: And how do we create something that adds to the secular economy? So you, you, you've touched on my next question to you. So what specific industry problem is Sable trying to solve? And then how does this innovation improve efficiency and sustainability for your users? Rubber and
1: carbon black in particular and activated carbon are used globally throughout several hundred several hundred different applications whether that be mining cosmetics, water filtration, F purification etc it, it's used everywhere so our products now as we've differentiated ourselves can be used in those applications and that's where we're marching towards. We're starting to say to ourselves, How are we part of a sustainability partnership? How can we replace virgin rubber, which is in high demand, and add our product to it and create a secular economy there rather than us dumping rubber everywhere, be it tyres or anything else? And then from there, can we create more value-added products? So, for example, all fertilisers use carbon and a lot of that's used in agriculture. So can we create activated carbon for that? In mining, we use it for filtration to get gold, for example, gold sediment, and remine tailings where they pass the tailings through some tubes that have activated carbon in them, and the porosity picks up the small amounts of gold at greater yields than what they got during the first pass of mining. So there's all these different applications, you know, smoke stacks like we've all seen the pictures of an industrial estate and the smoke pluming out. If you put a carbon filter on that that cleans that and then it creates something for communities where our air's cleaner and our water's cleaner and our grass is greener from the fertilizer.
0: So you've got your operations up there in Queensland, you're based in Northgate. Can you describe the the scale of the operation and what your process is like, what the facility is like up there? Essentially, we have quite a large facility
1: up in Northgate and we take a whole tire We put it in some machinery, and at the end of that, we cut it into varying sizes and granules. Through the process, we don't use chemicals. We remove steel, and essentially, we create create several products from that. So we create, as you mentioned earlier, uh, crumb for for roads. We've all gone to the park and seen the soft rubber map that you jump on or the kids jump on. So Mm, The kids to get the playgrounds. So we do playful as well. From there, we then started moving into the more advanced products, which essentially is regen rubber, which you can use as a substitute for natural rubber and binds the same. It doesn't completely replace it, but it does replace large percentages depending on the properties you're looking for. It's all it's a very similar match we've found. From there, we also have a process called a pyrolux apparatus, which is a big mouthful. What is that? I, I have read about that. I'd like to know more. So, essentially, unlike pyrolysis where they burn rubber at high temperature, we use a lower temperature process. And instead of taking 10 hours, in 20 minutes, we come up with the same outcome. Instead of using heaps of a power, we use one megajoule of, of energy creates 5.5 megajoules in energy output so biofuel which everyone creates biofuel but our product appears to be much cleaner and has significantly lower apps than what appears on the market from from the tests that we've done so we've created something cleaner and greener that is almost a match for carbon black so that's where we went from there and then from there we started activating it our current facility processes about a tonne an hour to to two tonne an hour. Where we're moving to is we want to move to three and five tonne plants and duplicate the plants. We also want to get that pyrolux apparatus and develop further in partnerships with universities and and a few other parties. We've actually worked out that we can do this on quite a large scale and the end game will be moving to processing everything we produce through that to reduce obviously imports of of carbon, black and associated activated carbon. And then let's become exporters. Let's turn our waste product into something secular and something that can be used. We can help developing nations have a cleaner environment as well. We can set up transportable plants that can fit in containers. We've worked out how to do that at a level. Still need some refinement,
0: but we can actually be the change. Can you quantify, Ruben, the environmental benefits of the Sable process, such as CO two emissions reduction and how they compare to the standard across the industry? That's a great question. And and with
1: scale becomes there's greater efficiencies. But largely our inputs are a lot lower. And even if you just think of transporting these materials around the globe, initially there's a saving there. From there, because you can everyone's got tires on their car. So the product you need is everywhere already. If you have pods or smaller transportable plants, there's an opportunity. On top of that, our product doesn't require the input of chemicals because we're we're upcycling what we've already got. And then we can use those back there. So for example, tires have a myriad of chemicals added to them. Some of those chemicals are are remaining in the rubber. So when you use that regen rubber, you're reintroducing silica and Zinc and materials like that that are already in the product to give you the hardness and the wear. So there's the ability to reduce the the global demand on that, and therefore there's an environmental benefit.
0: So I'm keen to know, Ruben, where you're at in terms of the development of the business. I understand a, a capital round is imminent or, or underway. So, where, where are you at in your growth cycle and what do those future plans look like? Yep, so in that growth cycle, we're certainly at
1: development. We're at the development stage now. We've proven our technology. We've had some independent tests done. We're involving universities at the moment. So, we have currently two NDAs standing and some agreements floating around with some universities which are helping for everything from the economic benefits to communities or for communities. So we've looked at are we a solution for for old mining communities where they have those big large OCRs and will that help those communities do two things. One is generate biofuel because a lot of those communities don't have traditional power like we have through transmission lines. They have diesel generators out west and they're generally near the mining communities, So we can add biofuel to those communities as well as provide employment as mining moves away from them and recycle some of the leftover products, such as tyres, within those communities. So uh, I think from that perspective, that's where we are in one leg. In the second leg, being a development business, we still need to spend a large amount of capital to increase the scale of this plant. And on R&D, developing essentially a pyrolux apparatus, developing that to much larger scale models, which is the key for the success seems quite achievable, uh, it, it, it like it's anything, it's just a matter of time. So, we want to build those larger scale models, duplicate to another two factories, and go for an IPO towards the end of the year, ideally, if not next year.
0: I want to touch on that in a moment. So, um, I'm keen to know how uh, investments in new product lines, like you've mentioned before, fertilizer products... Initiatives for cleaning mine tailings, how will all of that contribute to not only the growth of Sable but your sustainability goals? As I mentioned earlier, it it is taking a waste product in a secular economy
1: or, or adding to the secular economy. And the benefits of that, I think, are for community as well as ourselves. We get paid to take tires. So when you go and get your tires changed. We get a portion of that. It's significantly less, so we're not making a fortune, but it's significantly <laughs> less than what you get charged. It all helps. Yes, correct. So that that allows us to have a reduced production costs. From there, those products, there's big markets out there, and we've seen commodity traders starting to move in with some companies that do traditional paralysis and signing offtake agreements as they're scaling, and. That's indicating that the globe's ready for it. Like the marketplace is ready for it. There is demand for these products. They're already used in their virgin forms. And companies, we've all seen the companies come out and make grand announcements about sustainability, et cetera. There's a lot of pressure on these companies now from shareholders, et cetera, to have a solution. So that's indicated by the commodity traders signing these agreements people like ourselves going, hey, there's an opportunity here, there's a market here, we can do this cheaper, better and faster than most other things and the outcomes are good for people. So the outcomes are good for the community.
0: Where do you source all your stock from? Where do you get all your tires? We've got agreements with trucking companies. So
1: there's been some very proactive and and quite prominent Queensland trucking companies or, or groups that have approached us. In fact, we've got too many, too many people want us to take their tires. We've got an issue here where, uh, as I mentioned earlier, Australia continues to dump tires because we can't process enough, essentially. And, you know, there's only so many roads we can build and there's only so many playgrounds we can put soft fall on. However, there's an infinite supply, it appears, and we've got the generations before us and buried theirs and they're all starting to pop out of the ground. So... We get our tires basically from the, the tire changing companies, and there's collectors around that are licensed to collect. And we also get them directly from trucking companies and the like, mining companies, and they've they've all been really receptive and really keen. And and certainly, you know, it's it's a matter of we need a bigger plant just to deal with the volume. Ruben,
0: that's a good problem
1: to have. Yeah, we think
0: and, and pay us to take them as well. So not a bad problem. So in terms of your market expansion and the development of the brand, what can you tell us about the strategies that you have in place to enhance the, the visibility of Sable, the impact on uh, the environment as such? A key part of it is we've engaged
1: a marketing firm and a public relations firm that are much better than we are at marketing. All in the experts, yes. That, exactly. So we, we, we got the experts to march in and, and they're fantastic and they've got some great ideas. But more so than anything is getting the message out there and being honest with people and approaching companies and saying, hey, guys, we've got a solution here. And it's surprising the amount of companies that are receptive to that. And I think consistently delivering a better product than the market was expecting is what will create a benchmark and will create a difference. And that's where innovations at at our heart is our passion in the business and what we're trying to do is driving that home and being known as the company that doesn't just go, we're 1% better than the rest, we're four times better. So that that's where we're trying to build brand awareness. And I think it's really targeting, it's it's more business-to-business type deals and the volumes that they look at are, are substantial. So, you know, if I look at one mining company, they, they use more than we could actually produce even at three five-ton plants five times an hour, 24 hours a day, three plants, they're they're sucking through more than we could actually probably make realistically. And there's 17 gold mines, I think, in Australia alone, just looking at gold, not to mention cleaning up tailing dams and the the, the, sewage treatment plants. We've all got those in our, our local councils. We haven't even talked about what's possible overseas as well. No, exactly. And then if you think of developing nations, like you start to think about, how can we help these communities make sure that they're not impacting their environments and they're not dirtying their rivers and all those sort of things. They all have car tires again, how can we help them? So doing a pod in a local plant, which, you know, the skills as, as it's technology, we have amazing people, but the skill set, once you sort of set the plan up and you use your technology in, in the right way, and it's not overly, it's not totally computer driven. It is a process. You can replicate that and teach it, and it's a learned skill. And largely, you you can continue to do that to a point. Like, yes, it does need some input, and there's some proprietary pieces in there, but it, it really is something that you could roll out and train people to do to a level and just go and maintain it in that system with the greater issues.
0: You mentioned earlier uh, about a potential public listing. so I want to turn towards your plans for the future. What is the broader financial strategy for Sable, particularly with plans for an IPO? You've talked about that. And how will all of that work and um, the funds needed to support your long-term goals?
1: Yeah, so we, we really want to advance this business and, and have an impact on the world. Like We want to leave a beautiful fingerprint for our children and future generations. So that's really important to us. In order to do that, we need to be commercially viable. So there's no point creating something no one wants. So what we've done is we've worked out a problem, we've worked out a solution, we've worked out a market. From there, now it's, now it's about scale and now it's about getting this technology and improving and improving and being continuously driven to innovate further and to really not stop, like be relentless about it. So our goal is more plants, upscale the current plant we have, develop our technology further, really define exactly how we can get it to work at its optimum level, which, you know, I think we still have so many better iterations coming and and if we get smart people involved than the likes of myself like the right engineers are going to instantly know how we can make it that little bit better and one percent better every day is going to yield us the best results so what our goal is is we are going to issue a convertible note from the convertible note we're going to march forward with our development continue our development continue some plant improvements and automation then from there, we're moving forward to an IPO where we hope once we initially list, we will continue to develop more plants in different geographic areas because again, the tire problem is everywhere, which get closer to the markets. So if we can be close to our customer, so industrial areas, we can help Australian manufacturing, we can help the mining companies, et cetera, et cetera. So really putting it where it's needed. And I think that's the advantage.
0: And how Looking, if you were to sort of take a helicopter view of the business and a potential public company, how would you measure success? Would you be looking at obviously creating, contributing to a more sustainable world, something beyond just the financial metrics? Financial metrics are one thing and and we all want that to work. We all
1: have super funds and we all have investments. So we're want to invest in those things but we want to be the company where people invest in and they know they're making a change and as i mentioned earlier it's about those leaving fingerprints for future generations so like literally we can make the grass greener quite literally Carbon. so <laughs> so that's going to be one of our solutions but having said that is hopefully we can make these processes better and i it, initial testing's proving that our activated carbon produces a better outcome than coconut husk, which is what they use now. They burn coconut husk. Our our sable black or, or, or carbon black, it's got very similar properties to, to natural carbon black. We're not quite there, but I'm sure with a little bit more refinement, we're there. We're, we're at 5.7% ash, natural carbon. Carbon black's 1% to 2%. So we're sort of there. The normal market's at 30% is, is what we've been told is 25 to 30% actually is expected. So when you compare us to the normal market, we're, we're slightly different. But I think what the, the legacy we would like to leave and the helicopter view like we'd like to continue with is we encourage people to think about how we can do things differently, not just rubber, like why stop at rubber? And if we're best in that market, what's next?
0: Ruben, what are some of the, uh, the biggest challenges that Sable has faced uh, as you've grown and scaled? I think initially, uh, like prior to me
1: joining the business and, and the current investors stepping in, I think the lag with technology, like all sort of startup businesses, they had an entrepreneur who, who was very passionate about what they were doing. But there was a lag of technology catching up to the idea, and and over time, technology's caught up. Now we can make that idea real and have him stepped in. I think that's certainly what the team has done is they've made those ideas real. The biggest challenge I think now is cap like funding to grow. Like it's it's you get a great idea, but without execution and without funding, it's just a great idea.
0: But I imagine there'd be. Um- pretty strong support from the from the sidelines, not only from from those closest to you, but those sort of look looking in with a view to companies that are literally trying to do the right thing for the environment and change the world. Yeah, definitely. There's some great people that are really passionate about the
1: environment and really on board. So it goes from state government level through to the universities are quite passionate. Most of our partners are really encouraging and and definitely pushing us in the right direction and happy to help. Outside parties are always interested. So that, that there is, it is really encouraging. And it's it's exciting to see people really excited. And even down to some investors, they don't want me to talk about the PL as much. They, they're, they're trying to find out about the technology. And they often talk about how great it is with what we're doing. And it's really refreshing to sort of have people are excited about what you're doing not just the p
0: l how do you how do you stay on top of current industry trends and making sure you're you're at least keeping up with the tech innovation that, that that's going on staying one step ahead we do have quite a quite a good
1: approach so we've got some people that are very passionate about rubber that will send me anything <laughs> and everything rubber experts yeah yeah and it's um what Something to be, about. we've all got our little kinks, so something to be passionate about is rubber, but they're definitely passionate about it, which is really helpful. I think staying close to the universities and making sure you read the white papers, et cetera, that come out really help. And then looking for those quirky things. Like every so often you hear of something quirky or some different way and you, you sort of investigate. So stay curious and stay hungry, I guess, is the answer to that. Look around and, and grab all the information you can because- many little things where you just come across it and and find it you never know right like every company like some of the best solutions come from the floor like the people that are working the machines will say to you have you thought about this and i think it's taking the time to listen and taking the time to stand out there with them appreciate what they do and asking them what solutions there are and and you know probably one in every five you sort of go "Uh uh-huh i have thought about that
0: It's not a bad idea exactly so um a final question for you ruben and perhaps this is an opportunity for you to summarize uh the business and what you're doing how would you say sable rubber technologies is looking ahead has a vision for the future particularly in the rubber recycling industry and how do you see your business shaping this future Look, I, I'd say we're we're certainly poised to be one of the market leaders
1: because if you if you look there, as I said earlier, you know you're comparing a VHS tape the way we've always done it to streaming in the digital age. We're really trying to drive forward. We're 100% committed to R and D and developing our technology and be relentless in not stopping. Like those one percent increments to get better, that's what we're after. We've partnered with amazing people. We've got universities that are dying to partner with us as much as us with them. We've got support from governments and we've got support from community. And I, I really think the globe's ready for that sustainable and secular solution and people that are actually doing it, not just talking about it. So I think the, the future for us is pretty green.
0: Unreal. Ruben Hansen, CEO of Sable Rubber Technologies Best of luck in 2024, particularly if you head down the public listing path. Uh, I know a lot of people will be interested in what you're doing, so we wish you well and we will be following your progress with a lot of interest. All the very best and thanks for coming on to the show. Thanks for having us, Justin.